this is History Replays Today, the Richmond History Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. My name is Jeff Major. This is episode 48, and it is part two of a conversation with John Kosky about the history of the Confederate battle flag. The Confederate battle flag has been all over the news recently. Kosky is a historian at the Museum of the Confederacy, which is part of the American Civil War Museum. Um, he's also the author of the book, The Confederate Battle Flag, America's Most Embattled Emblem. If you've not listened to the first part of the conversation, you should go back and listen to it. It's pretty fantastic, some pretty enlightening, amazing stuff in there. If you have listened to it, you probably prepared yourself for the fact that I did have some sound issues with this section of the conversation. Um, but I did wrestle with it. I worked pretty hard on it. Um, and I do think it got, uh, to the listenable status. Um, you let me know if you disagree. Um, it doesn't sound great. I will fess it up, but the content was way too good to trash. Uh, I actually love this conversation, um, especially this section. I thought it was really fascinating. Um, really amazing stuff. Uh, also, another quick note, um, the first section of the conversation uh, is actually labeled as episode 46. There was already an episode 46, um, but I've been having all kinds of issues. Uh, the last time I posted an episode, I was actually posting it at about 2.30 a.m. Uh, because I was on the phone with uh, my hosting provider and uh, technical issues, so... So I lose, but this is 48. And if you've never heard the show before, you do not know this, but if you have, you know that I post on the 1st and the 15th of every month. That means this is 24 episodes of new episodes. That's two full years. Did have a couple reposts, um, but that's pretty, it's pretty amazing. I'm, I'm quite impressed with it. Uh, I, I wasn't really sure that I was going to get this long. Um, but, uh, um, also do let me know what you think about the episodes, like whether you just think the sound quality is too terrible, or if you love the episode, let me know what you think about the Confederate battle flag, you know, whatever you want to do. I know that the, um, sons of the Confederate veterans are having their 120th, uh, get together. Um, they're doing that here in Richmond and a lot of people are protesting. If you have feelings that way, let me know. Do you think, you know, folks should, you know, be able to fly the flag? Let me know as well. I mean, um, let's actually discuss this. Let's have a, a good conversation. You can do that on Facebook, History Replays Today, on Tumblr, History Replays Today, Twitter, at History Replays. I'm also on Instagram, at History Replays Today. Um, do it. Enjoy that. Uh, but we did record this uh, a while ago, uh, and you know, well before the current controversy in South Carolina, um, John Kosky was somewhat prophetic at the end of the conversation um, he mentions that, uh, you know, because at, at the time, um, the big controversy was the uh, recording this was the that the uh, the flags on the uh, Texas state flat and state license plate, excuse me. And at the end, he mentions the end of the convo. He mentions mentions that uh, um, that there will be another controversy by the time this is posted. Um, he sure is right uh, to the fact that it's actually come full circle to where there's now controversy and lawsuits about the Virginia state license plates containing the battle flag. Quite strange. Um, but I do think this is a really fantastic episode. Uh, 
Um, it's a really interesting history. The, the controversy makes it more interesting, I think. Um, but uh, I don't want to waste a whole lot of time, so let's get straight to it here. Um, John Kosky. Oh, yeah, and, and by the way, go check out John Kosky's book. Uh, again, it is called The Confederate Battle Flag, America's Most Embattled Emblem. You can get it at wherever you buy books. I recommend that you get it at either at a local bookstore or go to the Museum of the Confederacy. Buy it there. You can actually get a, a signed copy there. Uh, that's pretty awesome. That's definitely, that's pretty cool. Um, but let's, you know, we get some, uh, some Twitter questions, some Facebook questions, um, and which is why you want to follow History Replays today because you can actually get your question answered here as well. So, um, yeah, let's get let's get straight to my conversation with John Kosky. Now, you asked earlier about the Klan. Their first iteration in the immediate post-war period mm-hmm. was they were formed by Confederate veterans. Mm-hmm. They didn't use the flag. The, the Klan rose again in 1915 after birth of a nation of cross-burning on Stone Mountain. That Klan did not use the Confederate flag. Hmm. They do in the movie, right? No. No? Huh. Always so. They huh. they use the um, they use the, uh, the the Christian cross. And they use the US flag in the nineteen teens and twenties, but it was largely an anti foreign, anti immigrant, anti Catholic movement as yep. well as anti black. Right. In the teens and twenties. <laughs> Just hate them all. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the but, they, but the Christian cross and the um, and the U.S. flag were the ubiquitous symbols of the Klan in that era. Okay. So it wasn't until the early 1940s that they started incorporating it into their ritual, and it didn't become a frequently used symbol until 44, 45. That's when we know about it through an insider, that is Stetson Kennedy, who died a couple of years ago, who uh, infiltrated the Klan and described what he was seeing in a in Atlanta clabbered. Uh, but it. The, the pictures, the pictures are a lot here, both they were then and they are now, as evidence of Klansmen using the flags made it to the period after 1948, and as you say, quickly in the 1950s and into the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And of course, the Brown, the Brown decision and the Southern opposition to the Brown decision and the rallying around of, of segregation after 54 and 56 uh, had a lot to do with a lot of this. And an argument that I make very similar to one you were saying earlier, um, is if we focus strictly on the Klan, we miss the point. Uh, we, we, the Klan is marginal. They always have been, always will be. They're a small percentage of people. We really shouldn't allow them, give them the power to define a symbol. But it's just one voice. But you look at every major civil rights incident during the whole era, and the camera catches people describe the presence of Confederate flags in the hands of ordinary people. Yeah. Uh, here in Richmond, they were, you know, when, they, when the and guys were out, when they were doing the sit-ins and Woolworths, sure. uh, white students outside with Confederate flags and cigarettes. Um, and I think, outside Woolworths. and a really interesting part of that that I was thinking about last night um, is the fact that you've gone from a symbol of being a rebel to a symbol of trying to uh, represent the old guard, in a way, you know, right? So it's from, yeah, from these college kids that they want to get drunk and party and woo, like we're going to go whatever, you know, I guess redneck kids did back in the the 20s or whatever. They didn't go mud bogging like they do now, but whatever it was they did, 
to the point of saying, no, this has to go back to, we're no longer rebelling, we're the... We're the That's true, status quo. Yeah. It is, you're right. Um, and, and it kind of answers, which it was sort of a loaded, I, I don't know. I'm not really sure how I felt about the question itself, but I know, um, I figured I'd ask you in case you had a, a thought on it. Um, uh, Rob Pettis, I, I'm going to go with that. Do you know Rob? Um, so I guess he was saying, uh, why is the Confederate, and this is on Facebook, by the way, why is the Confederate flag called out as a racist emblem when the Klan marches with it uh, along with the Christian flags and the U.S. flags, um, and are those emblem? Uh, well, yeah. right. Why they're not? Yeah, I couldn't talk. But why are those? Yeah. yeah. And of course, the um, there's been an argument made, a uh, similar argument for um, the flag, Confederate flag, and slavery to the effect of the United States flag flew over said slavery from 1776 to 1863 or five. Really. Uh, why isn't the U.S. flag a, a symbol of slavery? Right. Because after all, it was tolerated. In fact, the slave trade tolerated until 1808. Christian cross and the U.S. flag uh, were equally 
racist because the Klan used them is to assign the Klan the power to define the symbols. Right, that's, I, that's I exactly what that. I was thinking about. I reject that on, on the face of it. The, um, uh, now, the, um, the people, however, whose voices matter here have mattered in this discussion are mine, but primarily African Americans and those on the receiving end of those flags during the civil rights era. Uh, it does matter to them, the clergy sure. is those. So I guess the question is, ask those people, Partly just the fact that they were a pretty crazy organization. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty radical, you know, and, and against everything that we as a, as a modern society think is is okay. Um, I mean, they're a terrorist organization, um, and it's you know the American flag has been used for a bazillion things. The Christian cross has been used for a bazillion things. We can look at a ton of things that the U.S. has done that's racist. We can look at a ton of things that the Christians have done that are racist. Um, but there's very few uh, on there's very few incidents of of that uh, battle flag being used in positive ways. Well, I'm glad you went there. That's where my mind was going. To the but let me wrap up one earlier point that the that the use of the Confederate flag not by the Klan but by other ordinary Southerners during the Civil Rights era and beyond to uh, oppose civil rights to oppose African-American equality tells me something, that just as in 1848, uh, 1948, uh, when the students carried that flag into the, uh, the Dixiecrat Convention, uh, ordinary Southerners, for whatever reason, you know, they, the parallel should be striking. In 1861, the United States government perceived to be, be challenging slavery, it was the expansion of slavery in the form of the Lincoln administration. And the, uh, the South, Southern white people decided that that was intolerable, and they separated from the Union, and the symbol of that, of their national, their confirmed and more mature nationalism became that red, that blue cross on the red field. The next time that the federal government once again challenged the racial status quo, as it had in 1861, challenged the racial status quo, and white Southerners reacted against that. Mm -hmm. What symbol did they choose to use en masse 
not just the Klan, but en masse, but the same symbol. Sure. So twice, when the federal government and the power behind it challenging the racial status quo of the South and the Southerners used that symbol, it tells you something about their perception of what that symbol meant to them. It, it meant the South, it meant rebellion, but it apparently also meant to the, not the Klan, but to the bunch, thousands, who knows how many, ordinary Southerners who felt that that flag spoke for them as a resistance to federal, and it could be, and the, the critical point here could be federal power, right. as opposed to just what the federal power is trying to do as an end Jim Crow uh, challenge to Jim Crow, but the two are so wrapped together. Yeah. So it, it's that that seems to make, to me, makes the biggest difference. It's Absolutely. Not what the Klan did is what the ordinary Southern people did. Now, the question well, about... Well, and it also, is it not a matter of, you know, kind of going back to what you were talking about before, where uh, in the early, you know, 20th century, it was being used um, with this reverence um, amongst this white uh, population. Um, you know, you also brought up the fact that we don't hear a lot of black voices in, in history at that time, right? The, on an, especially on a national stage, it's almost exclusively white voices. So when that civil rights movement begins, you're beginning to hear the black voices, who I'm going to assume already saw that as a as a racist symbol, right? right? But, so well, actually, no. Let me qualify that. Uh, they, you, you are quite right that there's that there's a direct convergence between, uh, uh, the right word, between the rise of black political power and objections to the Confederate flag. That mean the, the challenges to the Confederate flag and the beginning of these controversies that we were talking about in the 1980s that became the basis for this exhibit in my research, uh, really began in the 60s. The mm-hmm. first wave began in the 60s. As soon as there was a kind of critical mass of black... But, but even power, a person, a black person in 1901 who saw a white person with a, con- a that Confederate battle flag would have automatically said, hey, this guy's pretty serious about um, no, white power, I don't, right? I don't know. No, 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 I don't think so. Or, or at least respected the this institution that wanted yeah. to keep me enslaved. No, yes, I mean maybe, but the but I think and these voices we don't have many. We have John Mitchell. We have a few from that era, but because the flag was used in such restrained ways, and because the celebration of the Confederacy and its heroes was such a part of culture, you know what John Mitchell tells us. You know this, this one editor of the Richmond Planet. This is a backward step. We should be looking to the future, and you're revering the past. past. He he railed on those terms. Not so much racism. uh, No doubt some people... But isn't that the same thing in his voice? Maybe, maybe not, but he was of that generation as the first generation of black politicians who gained and he held on to power in city council longer than he was. But the, the celebration of the Confederacy by the generation that lived it and by their immediate for, immediate followers seemed natural. That is, these people lost lives. They, they, they were a decimated population. They endured the war. The celebration of what of their own experiences in the war did not take was not a a a, a, a what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, it didn't have a, a sinister meaning. Okay. Because these people, they were just, my God, I think it's, it's Memorial Day. It's like Vietnam veterans gathering on, at the Virginia War Memorial. What's so sinister about that? They died. They had, they, they're memorializing the men who died. Right. They're memorializing their cause. They're, I may not like it. I didn't like their cause then. I don't like it now, but I understand it. Because sure. it's them. And I think it was such a part of everyday life 
and it didn't have a sinister meaning. And precisely because the people were not using that flag in a sinister way, because it was kept as a pretty much memorial celebratory of the cause and of the people who fought it, they, I don't think there was that same kind of resentment. In the first, gen in the first years after World War II, this may have been rhetorical, but I think it was sincere. The main objection among African Americans to the flag was, in this time of, of, of division, and this, this, this world context of the fight against international communism, we need to be united. This is a device symbol. It was not racist. It was that it seemed anti-American was the first 1940s, early 1950s objection to the flag. It didn't become, this is a racist symbol. And again, we're talking about millions of voices, potentially. Right. So I'm, I'm generalizing. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I know there, there, there are exceptions out there. Right, yeah, yeah. But as a rule, that was the... And it wasn't really until the late 50s, early 60s, after 1954 in particular, after the mm -hmm. Brown decision and the, and the outrage from the white South against Brown, that race and racism became the main point of contention. It was the anti-Americanism of the Confederate flag perceived by African Americans. But I don't think that first generation, this, uh, the, through the 1920s and 30s, I, I my sense is, and this is only a sense, based on no research whatsoever, but based on research. <laughs> those, are, those are the best opinions I like. That's, most of mine are based off that, too. Zero facts in research, but well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those be where so much of my work here has been based on, on negative evidence mm -hmm. or on, uh, on evidence that is, is, is uh, idiosyncratic. It's, does, somebody, does somebody take a picture of it? Right. That survived. Because somebody happened to mention, oh yeah, so the Confederate flag was in great abundance. Uh, I'm subject to that kind of thing. If 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 no one chooses to photograph, chose to photograph or mention the Confederate flag, I don't know about it. Yeah. It is because it was so ubiquitous all the time that said ah, nobody nobody mentions that. It was always of course it was always I don't know. Right. But in this case, my sense is that African Americans in this early the late nineteenth, early twentieth century, uh, probably they, they know some did not think that celebrating the Confederacy was a good thing. It was not progressive. It was steeped in the past. But they did not feel threatened by it. They probably did see it as yet another piece of the puzzle of Jim Crow, about the, the, what the, the power structure is doing. They're wrecking monuments. They're celebrating the South. Uh, I don't think they felt good around the Confederate flag. They steered clear of it, probably. But I don't think that it didn't. It doesn't have the same sinister meaning to them that it does to us because of what happened in the intervening decades. Right. And getting to, you know, because we, we've been talking forever and ever and ever right now, but, um, I mean, and it somewhat feels like, um, you know, I think uh, like a, the, the same scenario as the swastika at this point, that um, they're, you know, what started, I think, as a, a symbol of unity and peace, I think, in Africa or something like that. Um, not an expert on that, something of that sort. Um, but at this point, it, it's, you know, regardless of how educated someone is on what it meant at one time or the other, you're very culturally unaware unless you can accept the fact that it also means these other things, right? Right, but that's, and that goes both, that cuts both ways. And this analogy, I deliberately avoided it in the book because my experience... Or, or just a middle finger, right? Yeah, I can yeah, tell, I can tell you, give, flip you the bird and say, this is, I mean, it's not even like that, but it's, you know, this is not aggressive. I can go around all day going to everybody and flipping them the bird and say, this is not aggressive. 
right? But people are going to start getting offended. They're going to say, "Why the, you know, why are you doing that?" The uh, the 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 flag, the, the battle flag. You mentioned earlier that uh, it never associated anything with anything good. That's not true. It depends on who you ask. A lot of people have very near and dear uh, associations with it, and still regard it as something very favorable. There's not only the flaggers who who uh, tend. To, to dominate the discussion nowadays because we let them dominate the mm -hmm. discussion. We go put a microphone in front of them because they're, they're colorful characters who make for good comedy. Right. Uh, and they're doing outrageous things and they're they're provoking. They're, sure. they're doing just what they need to be doing to yeah. get attention. But uh, but Confederate Heritage Organizations who have gone about their business for all this time in between, all the while that this flag is, is accumulating new and different meanings mm -hmm. that have made it a symbol of com contest and have created this cacophony of perceptions that people disagree about it because they have different perceptions, because it's been used in so many different ways. All the while, people revere it as the flag of their ancestors, and it means that to them. And my argument is that this has got to be a two-way street. That if, and, and, the, and I use this kind of a, the, the, the valedictory speech in my book, uh, a speech made by an ACLU lawyer in uh, a, a school assembly that was the result of a settlement out of court, ultimately, uh, for one of these many, many, many school cases that come up most often of all. You know, when, when kid wears flag to school, kid gets sent home and expelled, parents challenge, free speech. And then and, and at higher levels, of course, free speech always wins. In elementary schools, right. schools usually have latitude to say it's disruptive, you can't. Yeah, yeah. But that's as a, as a, as a rule. But in this case, it was a creative solution, which happened quite a bit, actually, in assembly, in which they discussed these sums. And this lawyer said to the students, if, if, if that flag is, uh, means to you heritage, not hate, understand that that's not what it means to everybody. That you, you, need, to, right. you need to understand that other people perceive it that way and to act accordingly. You, who perceive it as hate, Understand that the person who's using it for heritage doesn't mean you harm, and that uh, don't don't impugn that person's motive in so many words by assuming the worst about that person. Uh, understand that there, there are other reasons for flying that flag other than trying to be in your face and trying to threaten you or uh, intimidate you. It's just it's just ordinary common sense ethics. Don't pre judge someone based on your interpretation. Oh my God, that's a threatening symbol. But do you really know? Judge the context for one thing. Look at the context. Is this, does this person look threatening? Is he acting in a threatening way? Threatening? Right, but I think that, yes. I, 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 I think it does seem... you motive to that person, what is that? But an exercise in prejudice. But it's, it's also somewhat disingenuous because to say, um, doesn't this, does this person look threatening? Well, yeah, they have a threatening symbol right there. You know. To you, what, right? Exactly. To read that symbol and to assign a motive for that person using that symbol. But that, that's, that's, that's I, yeah, that's, but doesn't in which we tolerate everything. Yeah, but doesn't that also give to what right do I have to say that anything is threatening? Right? I mean, isn't there a certain point where you have to say this? It's a civil war. You're going to say that. So when we're when you go to Capitol Square, which won't be seen many verified Capitol Square this weekend. Well, well, within that context, I think you might be right, and and I think that's, uh, and I think that's that that at that point it becomes valid. I mean, if you're if there's a specific civil war, 
um, uh, connection to me, that seems like really amazing. But it, I think where it's in other contexts, I think is where. Well, kid with a t-shirt on, which is, which is the most ubiquitous form of controversy. Yeah, and I think that's a, a. I think that's a perfect example because is that middle school school student? Is he really connecting with his um, his Civil War ancestors, or is he going to this? Um, you, you know, linking back to that um, dominant power, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I find you know, and, and I'm, and I'm, I'm I should explain to your listeners that I'm not angry, so I, I try to get worked up to get people. Yeah, no, and, I, and I'm trying to get in there. We're going to fall asleep while I listen. To we're trying to make this happen. Yeah, yeah. But the, um, but the, uh, I find it amusing in an era of, of Charlie Hebdo, when we're all Charlie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we go out of our way to uh, offend. Uh, an entire religion in the name of free speech that we're talking about Confederate flag this way. Right. It just seems way out of scale that we're talking about the automatic, giving an automatic association of the, or the, the assumption is always that unless you can prove to me that it's not meant to be threatening, that Confederate flag is threatening, when the ethic that we as a civilization are now adopting in the face of religious extremism that of anything goes in a society where where uh, gay rights maybe ten years ago was unheard of, and now we have our entire civilization has embraced it as being something that stands for us because we're for the anything goes kind of culture, and and we 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 deliberately inflame another religion even to the point of murder, uh, and and we. We embrace that because that's who we are. Right. We well, believe I, in free speech and use of symbols, and yet this one. Yeah, I, 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 but I do think there's. There, yeah, no, I, 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 can, I absolutely understand what you're saying, and I think that um, a lot of that stuff gets out of control as well. Um, but I think that I think that there is a, 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 a personally a certain amount of um, uh, responsibility that has to be taken upon you that if you if you have to understand that if you're going to use that symbol the baggage that also comes with it you, you know and and i think that's where there's in, in certain groups you know i think the the flaggers um whatever you know they have their agenda that they're trying to push um but the indignation that how could you possibly believe that my symbol is this you know, it, it's really disingenuous to, to say... It can be depending on who. That's the problem. Is that you're right. It but can you, be you, can't, you, can't, you can't disconnect the two, right? I mean, you can't say... You can and you have to. Well, no, okay. You, you, no, you cannot. And, and I remember the first part of the right. equation from the ACLU lawyer. And again, but from when I see folks reenacting for the 150th anniversary, I'm not going to assume that they're with the Klan or that they're Dixiecrats. But... Out of context, if you have that shirt on, you have to assume that some people don't know this, and you're not educating them. You're only inflaming, right? I mean, maybe, but but I defend to the death the right of that person to say it or where. Agreed. And that's the, agreed. And I and I and I'm absolutely. I'm not, I'm not a big free speech guy in some ways, but I but but that but there's got to be a consistency across that board. Absolutely. And and the more and I. We've all been thinking a lot about religious zealotry these days, and where, and uh, and and I'm becoming more and more comfortable with an anything goes society because I look in the mirror of the world right now and think, yeah, I'd, 
rather be that kind of civilization than the kind of civilization that beheads people for things that I don't like. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's especially because I like some weird stuff and I like my head. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's, um, that's off the point. But the, right. But, but the equation is that yes, you have to uh, you any person in any encounter on the street, on a reenactor, with a Klansman, or anything else, or any any encounter involving the symbol, the the equation must be basically don't be too quick to judge. Understand that both people are doing this simultaneously. It can work. Understand that the message you're sending is not necessarily the one that the other person is receiving, and be sympathetic to that. Understand that the other person may think, "Ooh, I'm a racist," and 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 it must incumbent upon me to to not necessarily have to explain it because some people resent the fact that I have to, but just understand where they're coming from and act accordingly. And same thing with the other side. This person, sure. my first judgment of this guy is a redneck racist. And, uh, well, but let's not act on that assumption. Let's give this right. person the benefit of the doubt. And I found out, you know, he's really a nice guy. And by God, you know what? He's a Trump fan. Right. And, uh, and we can, we can something we can real bond, wrong with him. Yeah. Sure. But it's an ethic of giving the benefit of the doubt to somebody else rather than judging them. And it, and it, it has to go both ways. The person has to understand, you know, don't you want to know that that flag has lots of baggage? Sure, right. And, and it's incumbent upon the person receiving that question to not go into a state of denial by saying, well, it had nothing to do, slavery had right. nothing to do with the war. Yeah, you know, I think the, that's... The, the, the Klan never used, the Klan used the, 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 the cross and the, and, the, and, the, and the U.S. flag, too, in, in order to be disingenuous and evasive of the basic point that, there is a reason why people have a negative feeling about this country. Sure. It's not because of inbred prejudice right. that they hate the South. Right, right. It's because it was during the war associated with the Confederate nation, which had a lot to do with not everything, not everything, but a lot to do with slavery. And it has been the flag of those people who tried to prevent black equality. Sure. And, it, and that, that baggage. And going back to the stars and bars equation, stars and bars. Uh, and why it is that African Americans have never seemed to be bothered by the stars and bars. If you tell them that's the flag you should hate, because the flag stars and that was the flag of the nation that, that uh, wrote the Confederate Constitution that embraced slavery. And they say, but that's not the one, as you were saying earlier, that has the baggage of what I experienced in my lifetime. Right. With that other flag. That's fine. And in fact, the ultimate irony is that the Georgia state flag that came out finally after almost 50 years of controversy, is back to the stars and bars. The Georgia State flag today is basically the stars and bars. Right. It's crazy. And, and, yeah. blacks, and black Georgians have no problem with it. Right. Because it's the reference point. Well, you know, once again, over generalization, I'm sure there's a lot of black Georgians right. have problems with it. Right. There's always somebody that has a problem with something. Yeah, yeah. There's always lots of exceptions. But the but as but you haven't we haven't heard much about sure. the controversy of the Georgia State flag since it was that final ratification in '04, because the only people we've heard from are the flagger types for whom no Confederate symbol is Confederate enough and let us that cross. If even even though the Georgia State flag today is the stars and bars of the Confederacy with all the baggage that that should have, mm -hmm. in reality it doesn't. Right. And that tells us so much about this symbol and also about the irony of calling it the stars and bars. Right. So, and, and it, it, we might be, uh, I might have just played Jeopardy on you and you've answered the question and then I've, I'm 
going to give you the question at this point. <laughs> but I thought this was a really good wrap-up question. We kind of answered it, but sort of not. Um, it was actually on Twitter, um, at Kevin Levine. Um, do you know Kevin? Kevin Levin. Levin. I was actually... Kevin Levin. Sorry, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. And anybody interested in this topic, he tweets really awesome stuff um, about flags and he's always uh, but is it possible to have a conversation between the group different groups that result in a common ground and hope, hope this or or is it hope hope why can't I read that's twice or is it hope hopelessly divided um, and I guess kind of what you just said in theory um, with you know we all need to kind of take a step back but I mean is there any, is there is it possible to ever get there? <laughs> I, I would never say hopeless, but uh, I, I'm chastised. I, I may have been Pollyanna-ish once in my life, uh, but I'm chastised by the reality that, particularly in a, in a, in a mass media, social media age, of course, Kevin knows this better than I, being a preacher and creator of social media, that um, all it takes is a couple of voices. All it takes is a couple of people. That's always been true, but you know, the broadcast power the, the it's a lot easier. A few voices, and, I, and I, for me, the best the best um, example of this I keep coming back to is is, is the front of the foreign policy example of um, the the last I forgot whether it was signed, but the Palestinian Israeli Accords, mm -hmm. and they overcame lots and lots to uh, of opposition and very difficult to compromise of the kind that the world always wants to see. Uh, to achieve, and then Zach Rabin is, is, was murdered uh, by an Israeli extremist. Sure. You couldn't live with it. Uh, it just tells you that compromise is always, and, and civility is always in jeopardy. Yeah. But, uh, there are always extremists who uh, do not want compromise, who do not want understanding, who do not want civility, they want their way. Sure. And they, and they, um, so on. So all it takes, I mean, here we are on the eve of, by the time this broadcast, is, I guess, will be after the uh, Civil War sesquicentennial. Mm -hmm. Times this past the other day had an article about things seem to be different, quoting Ed Ayers, and has done so much to try to make this different. And I'm going to be speaking, in fact, on Saturday about the anniversaries over the years, and how divisive they occasionally have been, the different voices about Richmond's people anniversaries. And we think it's going to go well. But all it will take, if the flaggers are present, right. uh, as they were during the Lincoln statue dedication, which was seen at the time by a lot of people as a forward step for Richmond, that Richmond finally deserved, that was ready for Abraham Lincoln here. That, and yet, there, what got the attention that day was the flaggers outside flying airplane overhead with six Semper Tyrannus mm -hmm. uh, as the statue was being dedicated. All it takes is a few right. people to create this perception of continued opposition and divisive sure. people who, who want to make a point about Abraham Lincoln rather than seeing this as I mean and it's again in a free speech society that's the cost. Yeah. We have people who, who can magnify beyond their numbers a sense of divisiveness. So there there will see there will always I think be a lot of noise, as Kevin, I think, was implying in this question. Uh, but underneath that, I do see more convergence as we change, as um, uh, demographically we change, mm -hmm. and that passions pool 
among most people, there will always be someone on both sides of every question, not just the blind, uh, who, who their, their passions will never cool. Yeah. And their numbers will always be there. The generations change and they will always be there. But meanwhile, there is, I think, a change. Okay. Which people are, are, are becoming more Accepting is not the right word. So the, 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 the ultimate outcome may be to further banish the flag from the landscape. Which, think about it. What's wrong with that? Right. If, if the problem has been the the, prop, uh, the uh, proliferation of the flag, and if the heritage organizations fought against it, knowing that the more prolific it is, the more difficult it is to control its meaning. What's wrong with that? Right. To limit limited, so the only people using it are those who revere it. Isn't that what was true pretty much before World War II anyway? Uh, simply to go back to the status quo ante, if you will. Mm -hmm. to, uh, the problem is, of course, that among the people who care deeply uh, is that they have won. The anti-flag force, primarily the NAACP and others, have won. And that's basically where the controversies have come in our own days. Instead of that sort of reasonable uh, keep it only the attitude that it should be only used by those who revere it mm -hmm. in their own rituals. And people are free to do that. That's fine. I don't want to join in, but they're, they, they can do what they want. Uh, and a Memorial Day things and like that. And um, uh, the instead of simply retiring it to what I call clear and unambiguous historical and commemorative purposes. Mm -hmm. Uh, some people want it to be on the landscape because they, and since the 60s, as long as there's been this opposition of people calling it racist, they don't want to give them the upper hand. Right. Instead of retreating as such to a, a more pure and reasonable, uh, uh, reasoned defense of the flag as a symbol of history and commemoration, they want it to be out there. They, you know, at one point, there are yeah. people today who are, who are Defending the kid with the T-shirt, he has a right to wear that shirt. Were the very people three generations ago, two generations ago, who were saying, "Can't take off that shirt; it's disrespectful." Right. And what happened was, in the meantime, black people started to call him racist. Right. And we can't have it. If we just if we do what they say, we're conceding that it's racist. So it's, once it became a a, a, a a contest over over racial perceptions, reason loses out. The people who to simply retire from commemorative and historical context is, is intolerable for those few, and I think they are relatively few people, uh, declining numbers of people, who cannot count this, the idea that they, whoever they are, will win. Yeah. Even if the, if the position that I just articulated is a, is a clear one. So that, that too, factors in into what Kevin's asking is that the all it will take, all it does take, is that it's a minority and I think declining minority of people who cannot countenance the removal of the flag uh, from a prominent place in popular culture because that's the way they grew up, grew up with it. Right. Rather than seeing what they grew up with as an anomaly, an anomaly that actually did more harm to the flag than good. So I ask again, rhetorically and not rhetorically, what's wrong with retiring the flag? to a status that the people who revere it own it. Sure. Well, and that's awesome.
And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll we have to definitely stop right there, but we'll, uh, I appreciate your time. And yeah, we'll just assume that um, by the time we do post this, everyone, you know, they will have gotten that piece in Gaza and everyone will love each other by then anyway. So, <laughs> so that question will be null and void and we'll all live in a, in a peaceful utopia by then. So, yeah. <laughs> I think it's more likely that by the time it we will have you know, more, more, more crises. There's, there's some interesting headlines in the last couple of days. In fact, I'll have a flag related to one, the uh, this Supreme Court decision, the all thing about license plates in Texas. Absolutely, yeah. And, and also, my, uh, and the, the Daily Press was an article about a lawsuit pending, uh, might go to the high court, about the U.S. flag, uh, a student who used the U.S. flag at Cinco de Mayo in California in 2011. And, um, was uh, there was a suit against the school? I forgot what it was, but basically somebody who used in an aggressive way the United States flag and was uh, expelled or suspended for using the U.S. flag was challenging. So we have the U.S. Yeah. flag being used the way Confederate flags are vis-a-vis -vis the Mexican flag. It's like if you saw a Mexican flag and didn't like it, it started using a U.S. flag in retaliation and uh, was, I think, suspended in school. So we have an interesting twist on the flag flags in school case. Such a weird part of life, a flag, anyways. All right, that's that's it. And and I, that's right, I do feel like flags are very strange, the fact that people care that much about them, but they are symbols. They're very, very powerful symbols. There's nothing really but symbols. Um, but yeah, check out John Kosky's book. Again, it is the Confederate battle flag, America's most embattled emblem. Go to the Museum of the Confederacy. Just check out the exhibits there. You can. They also have a. I mean, a world class. I mean, it's the one of the. This, I think it's the best uh, collection of con, of Confederate and Civil War flags. Um, go check them out. Just go tour the house at the, the Museum of the Confederacy. It's pretty fantastic. The American Civil War Center is also tremendous. Um, go check them all out and. Uh, do that. I'm gonna put a link to uh, some information about the Museum of the Confederacy and the um, uh, the uh, American Civil War Museum uh, on this post. But uh, do it. Make it a great day.